on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news will fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Hello there, and welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. And here we are, getting very, very close to big holiday, summer, whatever. (laughs) Traffic jams. A lot of traffic jams, a lot of hamburgers being eaten, but uh, that's okay. While you're eating, though, I know you want to know what's going on in the automotive world, and we're the ones who can do it. I'm Les, of course. That's Fred over there. And uh, we got some really interesting stories to uh, to un- unveil. Yeah, we sure do, Les. There's a lot going on. And uh, we're going to start this hour with Volvo showing off its Concept Recharge, a built-from-the-ground-up CUV. And uh, they're also going to shine a light. Shine a light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got my little uh, Elton John thing going on there. Um on their new technology. A lot of it involves uh, how fast uh, you can charge the vehicle and how it interacts with you. So it's pretty cool stuff. We'll we'll talk about that. And uh, I think our viewers and listeners will find it very interesting. I think so. Uh, this, is, this is really, uh, you know, just kind of one step Beyond. Uh, away from everyone else. And over at Porsche, they... Uh, They've given us the details of their super hot Cayenne Turbo GT. Wow. With a modest 600 horsepower. Yeah, that will, you know, I would call that barely adequate. When you less. Uh, substantial. <laughs> yes, and then Kia uh, scores with safety. The Stinger gets some great safety ratings. We'll tell you about that. Something to think about if you're buying one. Well. Absolutely. And uh, you probably wonder what vehicle brands are most likely to get a speeding ticket. Well, a new study is out. We're going to cover it with you. It may surprise you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those of you who who are in, uh, in uh, little tiny uh, Priuses, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not it's not you for sure. That, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but uh, we'll tell you about that. And uh, plus, we'll have a dual review of the 2021 Mazda CX-30 Turbo. Les, uh, you and I had that. We like doing a dual review because it's a great way to uh, get two opinions for the price of one, right? Exactly. And sometimes uh, we actually agree on stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we. I'll just say this: that it's got a nice bit of horsepower on tap, and I found it, it to does. be pretty snappy. Wouldn't you? Pretty wouldn't snappy. You? However, that horsepower uh, comes with the sound of, I would call it a kind of a straining sound of the engine. Oh yeah, I agree with that. And we'll talk about that and more on cruise control when we come back. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We are just getting started on Cruise Control, so stay tuned. Let me get the...
And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. It's Fred Staub and Les Jackson with you, telling you about what's going on in the automotive industry, Les. This week, uh, big news from Volvo, their Concept Recharge. This is a built-from-the-ground-up crossover. It's kind of the future for uh, all Volvo vehicles because they're one of the brands that are going to go electric uh, sooner than some of the others. Very clean design. They call it a less is more design. Very Scandinavian. Uh, it's got some of the features that you would be familiar with in a Volvo, including the taillights that go up the back. Yep. Uh, and it's a very clean look, for sure. Uh, no grill, which concerns me, or no simulated grill. Uh, very angular, the lights, they, they call that Thor's hammer. Of course, that will be, uh, the shape of the lights will be uh, continuing on. Uh, and it's very Tesla-esque on the inside with the big tablet. It's got a lot of lighting features. Apparently, electric cars need fancy lighting inside. That's one of the requirements. Well, yeah, of course, a lot of manufacturers are doing that, as you know, and you can change the color for mood. Mm -hmm. um, now, this interior, I have to say, and, and I think the outside of it is great looking mm -hmm. uh, and all the technology. The inside is a, just a wee bit, in fact, a lot on the Spartan side. Very Tesla-like, isn't um, it? Well, more, more than Tesla. It, it almost looks like you're sitting in a, in a waiting lounge. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't look inviting to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, Scandinavian design mm -hmm. is minimalist, that's for sure. But uh, it uh, it is pretty minimal, <laughs> I will say that. It uh, is. Uh, but there's a lot of technology involved. And they, by the way, these are going to replace vehicles such as the Volvo XC40, XC60, XC90. So this, like the current Volvo lineup, they basically scale their vehicles up and down. They're very similar looking. That's a 15-inch touchscreen, by the way, uh, in the in the uh, uh, what we should say Spartan-esque style interior. Yeah, it's a little large. Little large. Um, I'm not or a fan of. Large. I'm not a fan of everything on the tablet. I'm really not in vehicles. I'm not either. I I, I don't. I just I don't care for it. Um, I don't find it. All that convenient, actually. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is also one of the first cars to be built with having LiDAR sensors uh, as part of the design. I believe you see it uh, up on the roof line. That's where they would mount it. A company called Luminar is going to be building this. And this is showing like a integration of autonomous technology into a vehicle that uh, will be going into production. We don't know if it will look exactly like this, but but it is built around that technology rather than bolting on some kind of tower or or other structure uh, to the roof uh, and trying to adapt it. So you you and I know those lidar sensors are going to get much smaller. They're not going to be the spinning towers that we see now. Uh, they'll, right. they'll probably be built into little pods on the side of the vehicle. Uh, and that's what this 
concept is showing for sure. And it certainly looks like a Volvo. There's no, there's it no. It does. It does. Now in Volvo uh, PR speak, <laughs> uh, they're saying each part of the interior is like a piece of art and could stand alone as individual furniture. Which <laughs> that's not a feature that you can take the uh, um, interior I, out just, and use it. I'm as just a... reading it. I'm not, you know. <laughs> Yes. Um, it's just it's a little it's just a little bit too plain to me yeah i i don't think we have to reinvent it completely uh to no. to build an electric car but then again think about hybrids think about hybrids when they first came out they were like it must look completely different absolutely than a regular car a non-hybrid car and that's why we got things like the Prius. That's why we got things like the original Insight. And then people realized maybe it doesn't have to. Maybe it just can be yeah. a small plaque on the just, side of the vehicle. That's right. Just needs. Just people don't really care that much about what's powering it. Yeah, exactly. That it should just be. It should just be that. It should just be a right. Uh, uh, a vehicle that you can drive so when we come back we'll tell you more about what volvo's got planned technology wise including up to a 600 mile plus range and then we'll stick with that 600 number less for that super that hot that seems, seems to be the number for today super hot porsche cayenne turbo gt mm. so stay tuned to cruise control Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. We were talking about the Volvo uh, concept Recharge, Recharge mm. which is a good name. Yeah. Um, I like that. I'm surprised somebody else didn't come up with it. But uh, they're they're really telling the world, hey, we're going to be, or we plan to be, the leaders in electric vehicles. Yeah, they also have a lot of technology, Les, that they're talking about, and they're kind of looking into the future. They're working with a Swedish battery company called Northvolt, which I like that name, actually. And uh, the whole idea there is to increase the energy density of the battery cells by up to 50%. So Volvo is looking to break the 1,000... Now, I don't know this measure of... Uh, this scientific measure it's wh forward slash I'm, I'm sorry backslash i energy density milestone what is that wh uh that's an industry it's kind of like the uh you know like the sae is to engine technology and well it's a those me things. measure of energy density it, but right it's a measure of en energy density but and here, efficiency here's the takeaway that one charge would get you 621 miles of real driving range. Game over. That's that's serious. I mean, if they can do that, I mean, that's that's amazing. Now they also say that along with that energy density, uh, Northvolt is aiming to uh, produce these batteries with 100% renewable energy, 
And then they're also uh, trying to cut down the recharge time, uh, which would be very, very fast uh, for these things, you know, in the 15-minute range, which is... That's, boy, is that ever some serious current density. I bet you could melt marshmallows on that battery (laughs) (laughs) when you're hitting it with that much voltage. That's right. It seems to me that you could put a bank of capacitors... Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in parallel with the battery and use all of that current density to charge up the capacitors, then let them slowly discharge into the battery. So in other words, the idea would be that holy grail to, I'm going to charge my electric car. I could charge the capacitors in three to five minutes, let's say oh, just seconds. seconds. And then, and then uh, capacitors are not that heavy, are they? No, not at all. And then uh, it will slowly feed the power into my battery pack. Or the next step beyond that is you don't have a battery pack. You have some way of regulating the voltage of capacitors, right? Which is a very, very difficult thing to do. Typically, capacitors is big box of energy and you connect it and it lets it all loose. So it's sort of like you would have a, it's like having a, a UPS system on your computer. The energy's coming from the socket, right. but the systems are really running on the batteries, but the batteries are being constantly refreshed yeah. by the AC uh, power. Again, yeah, I, uh, lots of lots of very, very inventive things are coming up. Um, and and uh, 10 years from now, um, People will look back and say, oh, my gosh, lith- old lithium batteries. <laughs> the problem will be, how do we get rid of them? That's what Yeah, I'm... people used to charge up for hours. You mean they used a cord and they would connect with a yeah. cord? <laughs> yeah. You're right. Well, let's look uh, a little bit at uh, some more of the futurism from Volvo, including uh, the Volvo OS called volvocars.os their operating system uh, which will be something that is specific to Volvo it will give over the air updates to customers cars it will also uh, pull data from the cars it will data mine the cars which let's face it is going to be a great thing for manufacturers not necessarily a great thing if you care about your privacy but it is going to be noticing where you've gone what you're doing when you do it and you'll be marketed to uh with that in mind which some people say is better because you're not getting ads for aluminum siding when you live in a brick house but you're getting ads you can use others will say wow you're really getting up in my face right yeah i i don't think there's a middle ground here yeah and that 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 conversation may be over actually but uh uh, so that's yeah. that's a couple of the things that uh, Volvo is looking at um, for the future of their vehicles. It's going to be an exciting time, and we'll certainly stay up to date on that. But the Volvo Recharge concept is their first from the ground up uh, electric vehicle, and it looks pretty cool to me. Hey, uh, Les, let's talk about something that is, well, <laughs> if this can be called traditional, uh, it is the Porsche Cayenne Turbo GT. And this thing is a little bit more, uh, I would say, um, 
traditional in a sense, but it has a 4-liter twin-turbo V8 that develops 631 horsepower, 90 horsepower more than the Cayenne Turbo Coupe. And the torque increases from 567 to 626, and uh, 0 to 60 in 3.1 seconds, quarter mile in 11.6, which is very <laughs> fast for a streetcar. You know, and this is this is you know like a close to 4,000 pound thing. <laughs> exactly. This is not this is not a, a lightweight. Um, 186 mile per hour top speed it's the fastest production cayenne ever offered by porsche uh it's got a 17 millimeter lower ride height uh, as well as an electronically controlled chassis systems that are calibrated to enhance performance now well, here, now wait wait a second here 17 millimeters lower than well, the other cayennes it's like a quarter inch well I guess they had to call it out. <laughs> 17, I mean, why, 70, why would they 17, even mention it? <laughs> 17 sounds much more uh, like a bigger change than than yeah. a quarter inch. You know? Your car is going to ride that much lower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, but cool stuff. I, I think the trend here is smaller V8s. The V8s continue on. Certainly going to have power adders, uh, and they are uh, going to have smaller displacements. I would say we might see V8s in the three-liter range you, oh, sure. as they you continue could. to shrink, right? Absolutely. What's amazing to me is they've made the exhaust out of titanium mm -hmm. and reduced the weight of it by 40 pounds. That's huge. That's I have you ever taken an exhaust system out of a, a modern car? They are incredibly heavy. They are incredibly heavy. And, uh, you know, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, of course, I, we've seen titanium exhaust on some exotic cars, and we've seen uh, titanium exhaust on uh, Corvettes and a whole bunch of other vehicles. I would, I used to get upset when I would see at Corvettes at Carlisle, people throwing away a perfectly good exhaust system. Yeah, yeah, just, I don't get it. Because they like the chrome tips on the other one, you know, just buy the chrome yeah. tips. Swell. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I also think we're gonna see as lightweighting continues across the board, you and I have talked about this, we're gonna see carbon fiber and composites and that used in every yep. vehicle you and i have picked fenders up that are are uh, composites that don't weigh anything they're yeah, they weigh ounces they fool your brain you think like that can't weigh why why don't i feel any weight on that and uh this is this is we're going to just get more of this in the future for sure uh it, it really it really is going to keep uh, keep going, keep going, keep going. Hey, yeah. let's talk about some brands that are doing very well. And uh, one of them is Kia. They, they have had a huge year with, There's of something course. very dangerous in your home. There, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, there's something very dangerous in our home. But we will... <laughs> 
<laughs> we will be back with more cruise control after this we're going to talk about the kia stinger and kia overall so stay tuned to cruise control i'm fred stop he's les jackson we will be right back And welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We're glad you're along for the ride. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube page. A lot of great videos there. More of the stuff you love. Go over to Cruise Control uh, at uh, YouTube and Facebook. All there. That's right. Instagram. All Les Jackson, just yep. j- just the um, social media maven, right? Western Union. <laughs> Western Union, yes. <laughs> We're working with Marconi on some on yeah. some new apps. Yeah. Yeah. I have my uh, you know my Morse code thing right here. Mm. Well, uh, Kia has had a great year, and uh, one of the vehicles they've refreshed is kind of their Halo vehicle. It has not taken off. As they would have liked, but it's still a beloved vehicle. But the good news for Kia is they got the uh, 2021 top safety pick rating since it made LED headlights standard. This is the Stinger. And uh, that is good news for them. And, of course, that's why you're going to see a lot of LED headlights. That's right. Because uh, that's what gets you the good numbers, right? They get you the good numbers, and they also um, get rid of. Remember, it wasn't very long ago that everything had HID headlights. Yeah, sure. High intensity discharge, and yep. it annoyed oncoming traffic. But some people are still annoyed by LED lights, aren't they? They are, but not to the extent. Okay. Uh- Maybe some of our audience uh, would like to throw us a comment, what they think about that. I mean, LED lights, uh, that is a a clear criteria for getting the top safety pick. So you're going to see many, many, many more uh, manufacturers putting these on uh, the vehicles as standard. And I almost think it's probably cheaper to put them in now because LED lights are common, economy of scale. Yep. And if they're they getting, get that rating, rating, they're going to do it, right? Absolutely. Um, and I think you're right. I think they are less expensive to manufacture. Yeah. Um, and they don't burn out for sure. So so there you have nope, it. No, not often, except yeah. mine. You have My LED- undercounter LEDs. Are, <laughs> <laughs> the, the transformers are always burning out. Hmm. Well, that's kind of annoying. But that's, you know, what's far less expensive Here's something uh, technology. Here that here's something that's expensive and kind of kind of sickening to anyone that loves vehicles. Uh brand new Jeep Grand Cherokees were flooded outside the Stellantis Jefferson North Assembly plant mm. in Michigan. Uh some of them had water almost up to their roof. 25 vehicles were damaged in the flooded shipping yard adjacent to the factory. 
they are being sent to the crusher fresh off wow. the line. Wow. There's a loss, isn't it? Oh, you just, you, you just hate, even if you don't like the product, you just hate hearing that. It's such a terrible waste. Yeah, terrible waste and uh, certainly terrible. Could any of those things be saved? Could the drivetrains be saved? Like if you, no, if they no. had Hemis in them and that, and they're sitting there, and maybe it's only up to the uh, top of the wheel, could you just drain all the oil out of it and uh, get all the water out of it? And if it, yeah, if it hasn't gotten into the uh, intake, into the intake. You should be able to revive the engine, yeah, uh, and probably the transmission, and just just drain them all out, right? Drain them all out and go through them, and probably put some oil in there, start it up, and then drain the oil again. <laughs> yeah, but but the problem is, for insurance purposes, they may not let you do that. Remember uh, that ship that overturned. Uh, at Mazda, yeah. and they basically had videos of them destroying brand new cars because they couldn't take a chance. They were hung upside down. That's right. That's and, right. And they might be fine. You know, that's the weird thing. You might be able to just turn them up and leave them sit there for a month, and uh, and all the fluids go back to where they're supposed to. But then again, they might not be. So they don't want somebody saying, "Hey, you sold me a car that was." has an obvious flaw and they did not want to be dealing with these things for years. Yeah. Plus, well, plus, uh, federal law, uh, is that uh, it's called a manufacturing defect or damage. Uh, it's called the 3% law. Mm -hmm. Most people have never heard of it, but th what that means is if there's shipping damage or whatever, uh, between the factory and the dealership, uh, that is less than 3% of the MSRP of the vehicle, it doesn't have to be disclosed. Okay. So in other words, if let's say they're delivering your vehicle and somebody breaks the side window, chain right. flies or you, whatever. You, they would never have to disclose that to you. What if they damage sheet metal and they decided to just load a lot of filler in there? And uh... Uh, I don't think they can... Well, no, because the dealer contracts, they have to use authentic parts. And do and it right, put a new but, fender but, on. Yeah. yeah, but the point is the damage to those uh, water-soaked or damaged in the boat, it clearly would be over 3%. Oh, yeah. So they'd have to inform the buyer. And how many buyers are going to buy it? If they gave it to me for free. <laughs> I'll take it. And say... If you give it to me for free and it breaks, I'll uh, I'll just probably not the flooded That's one. Right. The one that was upside down, like I said, I'd leave it sit there for it. a month and uh, and see what happens. You know, make sure I yeah. once again I had oil in it, I had coolant in it, I had transmission fluid where it was supposed to be. I checked the rear end that uh, or sure or whatever if if it was a truck if it had a rear end, uh, make sure there was fluid in there that it didn't run out the vents. And if it's free, I'll take it. And I'll, <laughs> I'll take it apart and make sure everything works. Yeah, exactly. So, well, uh, let's talk about this. This is an interesting article I found this week. The brand that is most likely to get you a speeding ticket. Uh, and you may be surprised at this. What is the brand that you would think would be most likely to get you a speeding ticket? Less off the top of your head. 
Well, uh, first, you know, the the obvious thing would be a Mustang or a, a Dodge Charger Corvette. But um, I you figure, well, I got another go brand. Fast. It begins with B and ends with W. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would be BMW. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, many drivers tend to drive in a uh, how how shall we say active fashion around here. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. So uh, I think uh, I think that would be one. But there's a new study from the folks over in Surefied.com, and uh, they say that an average of 10.5% of all drivers in the U.S. Have, a re have received at least one speeding ticket. But some get tickets more often than others. So yep. here are the top five. In fifth place, it's Ram. Ram pickup. You know, now that you say that, every time I see a pickup truck speeding locally, it's a Ram. Hmm. Only Ram 1500s, not 2500s. Well, 2500, you figure they're using it for work. They're, yeah, they got to load it up with stuff. Maybe they're right. towing something. Let's just hope they're not towing like a fifth wheel trailer and going 95 miles an hour. Although I have seen that, which is scary. Um, okay. In fourth place, Maserati. Not. The other models besides yeah. Quattroporte, though, Quattroporte owners apparently don't speed. <laughs> hey, let's paint with a wide brush there. <laughs> that's right. That's because it's usually on a flatbed. <laughs> oh, oh, my. <laughs> uh, the Quattroporte oh is not a reliable machine. All right. And then number three, uh, my... Might be surprising, but uh, I love this next vehicle. It's one of my favorites. Volkswagen, the Golf GTI sure. owners sure. get uh, uh, ticketed on. That's un understandable. They are great cars, though, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So uh, there you go. Uh, and then Subaru. Yes, I've seen a lot of people, uh, WRX yeah. and STI owners doing stuff. Not not the, yeah, not the, not the uh, regular not the Outlook people. No, By the way, I, I have I have an Outlook <laughs> in my uh, driveway right now. That's going to be an upcoming um, at the wheel review. It's the Wilderness Edition, so it's lifted more than seventeen hmm. millimeters less. Eighteen. <laughs> Eighteen. When we come back, we'll have the top two uh, brands that could get you ticketed. We're also going to have. An at-the-wheel review, a dual at-the-wheel review of the CX-30. So stay tuned to Cruise Control with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. We'll be right back. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Fred and I are, we're talking before the break of 
the cars, vehicles, you're most likely to get arrested in or to get ticketed. <laughs> and um, arrested. Whoa. <laughs> well, we don't want to get arrested. And, no. Uh, we left off with Subaru, chiefly the WRX. Yeah, and STI. Yeah. And then, but the top of the list from insurify.com uh, by the way is right. the top of the list uh, is Alpha it is Alpha Romeo which is not surprising because it's Italian and in Italy it's the law you have to speed <laughs> and, and being half Italian I, I'm, I obey the law okay half of the time Half of the time, so I speed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Alpha. Well, it makes sense. It's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a car that's made to be driven, right? Alphas. Uh, you get in one. You you want to drive in a spirited manner. Well, it's the Alpha Romeo Giulia, and uh, that is the most ticketed vehicle out there. Based on data from 4 million drivers, uh, which is a, a pretty good swath of drivers, don't you think? It is. Uh, I suspect if you surveyed the whole country, th this wouldn't be the case, but um, pretty significant. Hmm. Hey, let's do a dual at the wheel review. You want to try that? All right. Well, we had this vehicle to drive, the Mazda CX-30 Turbo. Uh, which uh, has significant power, Les Jackson. If you use premium fuel, like, yes. I, like I know you do. Well, I do when it's required. I don't when it's not because you're not helping the engine. Well, it's interesting. I've never seen this before. And manufacturers typically just rate the power and they don't tell you what kind of fuel they use. You get two ratings with this vehicle. That's right. Uh, 87 octane gives you gives you 227 horsepower and 310 pound-feet of torque with uh, regular fuel, 250 mm -hmm. horsepower and 320 pound-feet of torque uh, with premium fuel. You don't see that normally, do you? No, normally they don't. Um, and and you got to hand it to Mazda for, for going through the effort to uh, to give you two choices that way if you want to run on regular fuel uh they'll tell you what the output will be which will be less than premium because the engine was designed to develop maximum horsepower um uh, at higher compression yeah but pretty i found the vehicle to be very very snappy uh and i'm sure it was delivered to us with uh 93 octane in the tank oh course sky active g 2.5 liter turbo engine one thing about these sky active engines and i think you you alluded to it when they start up they they sound sort of like an old jeep or something a little yeah it's not it's not rattly but it's uh, wheezy like a wheezy sound it's wheezy and it's it's kind of like engines used to be that had mechanical valve lifters yeah i don't know why that is and it goes away once it warms up, but it's it's something that weirdly annoys me. But uh, probably a lot of people wouldn't care about it, and it's not no. incorrect because uh, we've driven a lot of Mazda vehicles, and that's the way they sound. 
But what I did care about was uh, the engine noise inside under full acceleration. Okay. Uh, engine was, you know, pretty loud. It felt, it, it didn't feel, but it sounded like it was working really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, not a lot of vibration, but it sounded like it might be vibration. Okay. Uh, It just seemed, um, I would have preferred more quiet power. Well, we should state this because somebody just asked, what is the difference between the CX-3 and the CX-30? And that's a great question because they're both small crossovers. The CX-3 is roughly about three or four inches shorter than the CX-30. And the CX-3 is going to be going away. The CX-30 is a little bit bigger. It is a a crossover. And uh, so was the CX-3. But the CX-3 was more like a crossover based on a hatchback, where the CX-30 is more of a stretched crossover, if you can call a three-inch extension a lot. But roomier. Roomier, yeah. So you're only going to be seeing the CX-30 going forward. So that will make things a little bit... uh, a little bit better. One of the things I noticed on the interior is the interior punches a lot higher in a lot higher a class than what we're used to with vehicles uh, in this range. It's certainly they've done a lot of work on the interior and really put in some nice materials. Yeah, they did. And it's comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Which is important, by uh, the way. Uh, one of the things where I think it falls down and it is not necessarily a problem of the CX-30, but of Mazdas in general, I just don't like their infotainment system. I find it hard to use. I find the icons don't make any sense. I don't really like the volume control on the console. Uh, I'm glad that there is a volume control because it's not a slider or something like that. But I find it difficult to pair my phone. I was never able to pair my phone, which is the first for this. I was able thing. to pair my phone, but to be honest, I couldn't figure out how it how it got there. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I think it was just luck, and and very very hard to uh, tune stations when you're driving. It's like yeah, they almost yeah. have to be loaded into presets, and not intuitive at all. Um, not a lot of USB connection ports. One was hidden up under the dash. I found it later. Um, it's not their strong suit, infotainment. I would say that that's the negatives of it. The negatives are, are that and short side windows. They're a little bit. They're a little bit small. Uh, a little bit. Um, but on the plus side, uh, they are fun to drive. Absolutely. Uh, they they bias all of their vehicles um, to be. You if you drive a lot of vehicles like we do, you'll notice Mazda's always rev higher at given speeds that's true uh they they just the 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 final drive ratio is higher or lower numerically higher right which is actually (laughs) lower (laughs) geared um and and that's that's for quick throttle response no matter uh, what speed you're going um it's that old zoom zoom are we still allowed to Uh, say that it appeal. doesn't say well, it anywhere. <laughs> that's right. No, it doesn't. But that's what they used to trade on. 
You realize and that kid must true. be like 55 years old now? They used to say that. Yeah, that kid's, yeah. <laughs> He's in a retirement home. <laughs> um, but but they are. They're fun to drive. Uh, they've, they've got very nimble handling, uh, very excellent braking. Yeah, and uh, let me tell you this. I've got the Monroney right in front of me. Of course, Monroney being the window sticker, if you're not familiar. Uh, gets five-star rating vehicle over, overall on the government, five-star yep. safety. Does really, really well. Five stars across the board, four stars on rollover. Uh, let's look at the price. Uh, base price, 33900 That was for the Premium Plus package, all-wheel drive, dip, deep crystal blue mica with a black-brown interior. Um, mm -hmm. Great interior, dynamic stability control, traction control, advanced dual front airbags, all the safety stuff. Only options on ours was a cargo cover, uh, floor mats, rear bumper guard, stainless, uh, which is kind of a neat thing to have. So out the door price with destination 35400 Not too bad at all, Les Jackson. Highway, 30 miles to the gallon, city 22, and the combined is 25. So not a bad deal, the Pretty Mazda good. CX-30. Couple of little things there to be concerned about. Hey, it's time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you.